broadcasting comfortably from the Slumberland Furniture Studio. This is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. 95.3 FM, WBEV FM. From the Slumberland Furniture Studio, this is 95.3 WBEV Beaver Dam, a good Karma Brands radio station. The time is 12.30. Let's go to Craig Warmbold for Community Comment here on 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Well, thank you very much, and good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Our guests on Community Comment today are with the Houston Ford School District and to talk about a facilities referendum that will be appearing on the April ballot. We want to welcome into the conversation uh, with the Houston Ford School Board, uh, we've got uh, Board President John Bohanek here, along with Board Treasurer Steve Weinheimer and the Superintendent of the Houston School District, Heather Kramer. Thank you guys all very much for joining me today. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. And uh, we're in to talk about a, uh, a referendum, again, that is appearing on uh, the uh, the ballot here in a few weeks, so, well, about a month, I guess, uh, a little less than a month away, um, that, is, uh, that is seeking uh, money for uh, facilities, upgrades and renovations. If you would please um, outline uh, the, uh, I guess, the, the highlights of the referendum, if you would, for us. Okay, we started a process last year where we hired eight uh, contractors and architects uh, they went through both of our buildings um, and looked at all of our facilities, uh, evaluate our HVAC systems, our plumbing systems, and basically everything within the buildings. And then we kind of come together and said, okay, if we got the community together and we had a series of seven meetings uh, started back in August. And we, we asked them what their priorities were for the district. What, what did they want to see with their school buildings in the, in the school district? And three of the priorities that came out on top was updating the HVAC systems, um, creating safe and secure entrances in, in the buildings, and then uh, putting a new roof on the high school because that's past its 20-year uh, lifespan. So we started, the architects and the engineers went back and they started putting some dollar values to those based off of industry standards and, and projects that they've worked on in the past. And it came back to just a little over $14 million to do those on both of the buildings. So then conversations got a little farther. Um, what if we went to just a 4K12 building, one building? And so they went back to the drawing board and that's where we come up with uh, 19.5 million. And we cut some things out to get down to that level. Uh, obviously they were a lot higher than that when we first started. So after that series of seven meetings, this, the citizens that came to these meetings, and there was anywhere from uh, low side was around 30, and we had up to 60 people at these meetings, and most of them came to every one of them. Uh, then they, they presented a, their recommendations to the board, which was to go to where we're at now with a one building concept and uh, borrowing 19 and a half million to uh, put this project together, and that's where we're at. The um, I, I, the the current layout of this school district, for those who are not familiar with it, uh, is it's a two-building structure currently. 
Correct. We have John Hustis Elementary School, which is our pre-K through 5 facility. And then we have the Junior Senior High School, which is a 612 facility. And, and where are they in relation? And they're kind of on the same campus. They're just not connected. What is the what is the kind of relationship between those buildings? So they are connected by a service road, and really the space in between is our football field. Okay. All right. Uh, so as it stands currently, then, like for example, like transportation would not be needed uh, to get to one from another. It's it's within walking distance essentially. Correct. The only transportation we have between the buildings uh, is our food service vehicle because all of the food prep is done at the junior senior high school so then they transport that to the elementary school every oh, day okay. just because of the distance it's too far to walk it okay. um, but that that's the only real transportation in between the buildings and so when we when you guys say that you're uh, putting in a, everything into one 4k 12 building um, that is uh, that is more of an addition to one of the existing buildings than an entirely new building for all k12 correct yep uh, and are there uh, are there then uh, what was the the decision-making process or the reasons that would have led to choosing one building over the other um, when the community members saw the price of the secure entrances the HVAC plumbing uh, basically doing the absolute necessities that really needed to be done they saw that price tag and their thoughts were you won't even see where our money went with that price tag. You walk in the buildings, basically they'll look the same because everything that was being done is, other than the secure entrances, of course, everything that was being done is kind of behind the scenes with all of the plumbing, the roof, and everything. So they thought about, they asked, can we see what this would cost for a one-building design? And that's when our architects came up with this, and they're like, wait a minute, we can have basically a brand new elementary and a refurbished high school so that basically it's new for this price tag it they said it just seemed to make sense to do that a better use of the taxpayer dollars versus kind of adding more band-aids to the current building and the difference between the two buildings as to why we build at the junior senior high location uh, strictly really looks at the size of that building already the gymnasium on that building uh, we have a beautiful facility uh, you know that's where the prep kitchen is for all of you know meals and things like that and those things aren't at the elementary school currently so if you thought of having to bring all of those pieces to bring to the elementary school that price tag would have been significantly higher so then uh, can I assume from that then that m most of the addition is is more like classroom space as opposed to new gymnasiums and cafeterias and things? So there is a new gymnasium that will be okay. added because uh, we will not be able to have all FIAD classes housed within one gymnasium for the district. So on the south side of the building, there would be a new gymnasium that would be added right onto where the current gymnasium is there at the junior senior high. And then on the north side is where classrooms would be added. And then those classrooms would be a range of classrooms. So some of the current existing classrooms at the junior senior high would be remodeled into elementary classrooms, whereas some of the addition would be junior senior high classrooms and some elementary classrooms. So be created into the pods, as you can see here on the flyer. And all of our uh, constituents have received this flyer in the mail as well. But those pods, 
there and then that that's what keeps the kids separated from each other so you know the elementary students are within their own area of the building and the junior senior high students are within their area of that building and, and yes uh, there are um, uh, detailed referendum fact sheets that you indicated were made available to all voters in the Houston Ford School District yes and everything's available on our website for the Houston Ford School District uh, there's a button on the front page of the website that they can click for referendum information and they can also look at the facilities planning information and that provides individuals with uh, information of what happened at every one of those seven meetings that we hosted with the community. Okay. Um, I guess maybe while we're on this topic, we'll get back to some of the specifics of the facility in just a second. Is um, are, are there any uh, public informational meetings uh, that are coming up in the next several weeks or anything? So we've had several. Uh, we do have one open house yet that will be um, at the high school and at the elementary school, and that is on Saturday, March 25th. Okay. From 9 to 11 a.m. We have also taken our show on the road a bit, and <laughs> we've been out at governmental meetings um, so that individuals within the community can hear our message. We've been at different uh, organizations, such as the Lions Club. Uh, we'll be at a fire department meeting coming up. So we are trying to get out into the community as much as possible. Uh, next week, Tuesday morning, we have a community coffee. Uh, at Mocavino, where individuals can come in at 10 a.m., and Steve and I will be there actually to to chat. John was in another board member. We're at the last community coffee that we had. We've already had two open houses and tours at at both sets of build at the both buildings that have already passed. So many things still coming up that people can definitely get more information. You said 10 a.m. next. Tuesday. Tuesday. Yep. At, and what was the name of the location again? At Mocavino, right in Houstonford. Okay, Mocavino. The Bistro Houston. location. The Bistro, very good. <laughs> um, so to this, uh, getting back to kind of the uh, the facility and the structuring of the facility, is the, is the current elementary school, is it in bad shape? So structurally, it is not in bad shape. It actually has a newer roof than the high school. Uh, it was, you know, a, a very nicely built brick and mortar building. However... It is was built in the early, very early 70s, and everything, um, maps-wise, is completely original within that building. Maps. Mechanical engineering, or the mechanical, electricity, plumbing. Um, so the HVAC system, uh, the boilers in that building are 50 years old and definitely show. <coughs> so structurally, that building, you know, is an okay building. However, the cost of replacement of all of the things within that building is quite significant. Mm -hmm. We've done a decent, a good job of maintaining our equipment, our HVACs and that, but it's, it's getting to the point where parts are getting hard to find. I mean, we've spent over $30,000 just this school year alone repairing the HVAC systems to keep them to keep them operational and they're still not functioning the way they should be and you had indicated that um, the uh, the HVAC system and, and the safe and secure entrances and a new roof that that was all in the 14 million dollar mm -hmm. range did you say yes uh, whereas uh, as opposed to kind of taking this it, it, I don't know if building new is the right idea building new additions onto mm -hmm. the, uh, the the current high school uh, Again, we're up to $19.5 million mm -hmm. on that. Do we see then um, uh, energy efficiencies as, uh, as part of that? Yeah, there will be energy efficiencies through the HVAC system, uh, new plumbing, so less water bills, you know, higher efficiency things, the windows, uh, and then I guess one thing to note, 
our elementary it was costing us over seven thousand dollars more to heat and it's half the size of what the uh, high school is well okay so um from a academic perspective um how do you see this uh impacting education you know i we've heard multiple people ask you know how can new building improve test scores and you know of course you you want to say yeah sure a new buildings how's that going to happen um, but we've become very passionate about the fact of our kids deserve new our kids deserve better our science labs at the middle school high school currently are not functioning uh, the gas had to be shut off in the labs uh, due to leaks and so they're not able to have the same experiments that they you know should be able to have so you know is that going to help educationally absolutely um, you know putting our kids into new facilities it does just a ton for you know students uh, mental health and, and well-being you know really looking at the mentorship programs that are available with the kids being in the same building we currently have high school mentors that come down to the elementary school and work with students but really looking to increase that program and bring more kids into that elementary uh, realm as as mentors is also a, a key part and and then the collaboration piece you know our teachers work together on a regular basis but we're still in separate buildings. So it's, you know, which teachers are gonna go to which building to assist. We have teachers who travel between buildings because we share them between the buildings. So all of those efficiencies are definitely gonna help improve those things as well. Let's talk a little bit about um, the uh, financial impact on uh, a successful referendum and a non-successful referendum on uh, the, uh, the tax bill that voters uh, receive every year around December or so. Um, Outline the uh, the basics, if you would, as it relates to the uh, the increase that uh, folks might see on their uh, on their taxes. So the increase that that they would see, uh, worst case scenario, would be about three dollars and fifty cents per one thousand dollars evaluation, and that that's that's strictly going off of you know the proposed cost. Uh, really looking at uh, where our taxes were. Uh, and then looking at our current uh, valuation, and, and that's where we came to. Uh, we currently are not operating under any type of referendum, uh, so our district is virtually debt-free. We do have two small loans that the district has taken out um, that we use to do improvements within the buildings, uh, but those small loans uh, total less than $140,000. Uh, so everything that really we are looking to do uh, does go back onto the taxpayers for that 19.5. So that 3.57 is based off of an interest rate that we've been given that's rather conservative uh, because we don't want any surprises. Uh, and through the competitive bidding process, uh, we you know definitely hope that that things can come in under budget as well. But we're we're looking at what is the worst case scenario, and that is that three dollars and fifty seven cents. Well, where's the mill rate at uh, right now in the Houstonford School District? We currently sit at six dollars and fifty three cents. Okay, and uh, how does that stack up against uh, previous years? Uh, so even if this passes at the worst case scenario we are still lower than 2017 and 2014 when we had no referendums our okay. mill rate has declined steadily um, specifically over the last five years uh, we have gone down and we are we are at our lowest point uh, really in <laughs> in history so 
the lowest point in history yeah, for the for the mill rate, this. or at least the recorded history yes. that yeah, <laughs> that you guys are aware of. So you mentioned seventeen and eighteen. Like, so if the mill rate was about six dollars and fifty three cents, or was exactly six dollars and fifty three cents in twenty twenty three, what were what were you looking at during some of your high peak years there? Uh, well, 2017, we were at ten dollars uh, and thirty two cents, as we were in 2014, uh, back in. You know, right, those, those are our two highest years, and then even 2015-16, we were over the 10 mark. Over the over the $10 mark. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and certainly while it's it's not possible to project out exactly what a mill rate, um, you know, might be given the circumstances, uh, $3.57 is, is certainly a, um, a well-calculated number, I'm sure, by, uh, by all those that are putting pen to paper. Uh, if the referendum were to not pass, I imagine, give or take, we would see still about that $6.53 mill rate going forward. We would like to hope so. Right. Uh, but again, it, it depends on really our state budget. Uh, that mm -hmm. is an unknown at this point, property valuations uh, and, and some of those missing pieces. So that, that is a hard number to predict. But where have you guys um, where have you guys landed on um, recent referenda? I, I feel like there has been... Uh, a couple times uh, over election cycles now that we've had you in here. I, I, I believe some of them have been for operational referendum. Correct. We did have an operational referendum that failed back in 2021. Uh, when that operational referendum failed, the district was faced with making some cuts. And at that point, we made approximately $460,000 in cuts to our budget, our operational budget. And we have maintained those cuts. And therefore, our budget has stayed in the black. Uh, we our fiscally responsible district and you know meeting meeting our fiscal needs uh, within our own operating budgets what did you guys lose when you had to make four hundred sixty thousand dollars in cuts one of the positions we eliminated was the elementary principal um, and that was a position that uh, Heather took up so she's actually playing a dual role now administrator and elementary principal so that was one of the biggest ones that we cut there um, you know we've just did what we had to do, you know. Public said they weren't going to support uh, the operational referendum, and that's that's the directions that we took. Uh, one thing to note is that no educational programs for the kids were cut during the, that big cut that we made. So all the educational programs stayed there for the kids. So from a curriculum standpoint, there's been a consistency there. Yes, actually, we've, we've improved it a lot. <laughs> I mean, we've added a lot of AP classes over the years too. So. So we, I, for a small school, I think we're doing a, an awesome job. So uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the pieces of material that's available, um, which again these are, are out to Houston's Ford uh, school district uh, uh, voters uh, in the mail. You can find it online as well on the Houston's Ford school district website. Uh, one of the uh, one of the questions is about uh, property taxes going up this year. Uh, when uh, it had appeared that there was going to be a, a reduction in the in the mill rate, could you give us some insight into that? Sure. So we we had some local municipalities that taxes did go up in, um, and you know each property tax is calculated by multiple entities. So the entities, you know, for our district, Dodge County, Houstonford School District, Marine Park. Um, Wisconsin state taxes and then whichever local municipality people are in all of those entities play a role and as some of the taxes went up in some of our area municipalities that are part of our district and um, property value went up people saw a rise in their tax bills so even though you know we put out that 
our mail rate had gone down, we still had questions come up, well, then why did my taxes go up? So just people have to, you know, really take a close look at that tax bill and, and what that looks like and, and all of the different entities that make up that tax bill. What are your um, options for borrowing then if you, if you don't have a lot of debt? Um, what, what are your options uh, for borrowing outside of this idea of exceeding the uh, the revenue cap and asking voters? Sure. If if the referendum were not to pass, our borrowing capacity is a million dollars that we can do uh, without going to referendum. We could petition for that to go higher. However, we have to pay that all back within our revenue limit, and so that would you know, potentially pose a challenge as to taking funds out of our operational referendum to pay that back. But our borrowing capacity is up to a million, and that's definitely something that the school board and administration will have to take a very close look at uh, because the needs aren't going away. Uh, we have a boiler at the high school that is not functioning at this point, so we are operating uh, on one boiler right now in hopes that <laughs> we never get that phone call that it went down. Uh, we have plans in place in case that were to happen, um, but we definitely need that that extra boiler at that building. Uh, we also the roof is at its at its life expectancy, and that definitely needs to be replaced at the junior senior high. And so those are those are also projects that we have to really look at. You know, if we don't combine into one building, those same projects exist at the elementary schools. So while our focus, we keep saying the junior senior high the same problems exist there. And yes, we have two boilers that work, and you know we have, we have pieces there that are functioning. Um, we've maintained them because you know it's, it's very evident that if you have a 50-year-old boiler, you've obviously done some maintenance to it to keep it running. Um, but it, again, it's a matter of time. Uh, our, our vendor is having to go on to eBay often to try to find parts because things are just obsolete. And the boilers, again, are uh, what serves the current elementary school right now. We have we have two at the elementary school and two at the high school, yes. Okay. And so when you guys were uh, having your initial conversations with the community and came up with that $14 million number initially, th does that uh, then replace all four of those boilers that we're mm -hmm. talking about? Yes. And, and what does it replace it with? Uh, just to get some, uh, you know, boilers is a term that I, you know, I mean, that's something of an arcade. You're not replacing them with boilers, are you? Very likely. Um, okay. So while we know that boilers may upfront be a little bit more expensive, um, the efficiencies that have been shown, um, we've had those questions come up within the community. That that question is not answered necessarily within that plan yet because there's still some research to be done. So we've had the question of you know what about rooftop units and things like that. Um, you know we we have a company that we work with that will help to sort those things out as to what our buildings can hold um, and what would be better for our buildings as well as Kramer Brothers and HSR, our builder and architect. Uh, and all those pieces will be sorted out. So right now I wouldn't say that we're pinpointed on absolutely putting boilers back into the buildings, um, but you know, we're going to look at all the options. But there would be, uh, presumably, with a more modern boiler, whatever HVAC route you take, some energy efficiencies yes. that are just Absolutely. part and parcel with that. Yes. yes. Um, what, what about things like uh, um, uh, windows and, and you know being able to keep that heat into the, uh, the buildings? Are, are you guys doing okay there? Uh, that's also on the plan for either one of, you know, the initial one where it was the 14 and a half and the 19 and a half here, uh, just to really help keep that energy in and take advantage of the new technology and efficiencies and really drive those, try to drive those utility 
costs down. So, so windows are also part of that. Then. Absolutely. So right now, many of the seals are broken. Mm. Uh, they are all original to both buildings. So we are talking about 40 and 50 year old windows. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the idea of you know potentially putting a new roof on a building, I imagine from a um, uh, from an engineering standpoint and a cost saving standpoint, it's uh, I, I would assume your the recommendation is that it's better to do that all at once rather than fixing a. Uh, a one roof on one building and then five, ten years from now building an addition onto that or two, three years, whatever it may mm-hmm. be, building an addition onto that. Yes. The, yep. uh, the the safe and secure entrances. Let's, uh, let's take a minute to talk about the, um, uh, the need for that in your, in your school district. Well, currently right now, when, when um, they walk into the buildings, while at the junior, senior high school, um, the offices are right next to the buildings they are not required to, they, they're not forced to come into the office. So they have access to the building. They could just walk in and go anywhere they want. The, most likely our secretaries be able to see them. At the elementary school, you gotta go halfway across the school to get to the offices when you come in the door. So there's really no security there once, once a person's let into the building. I mean, the doors are locked. We have buzzers, we have cameras that they can see and talk to them and buzz them in. But once they get in the doors, they can, they can go anywhere they want. And, and can you speak to the importance of having a, a safe and secure building, Heather? Yeah, I, I mean, I think our society speaks to that right now with all of the different um, occurrences that we've seen across the nation. You know, and, and you, a lot of times you hear people say, you know, it's not going to happen in a small town, but, you know, you never know. Um, and really allowing that safety and security for our students of the secured vestibule so that individuals have to go into the office before they can enter that building is just paramount. Uh, Really making sure that our staff is safe, our kids are safe, uh, and really that our parents know each and every day that their kids are entering into that safe facility. Well, I've got a, uh, uh, several more questions uh, that uh, I'd like to cover with you guys. Um, I also want to make uh, the um, make our listeners aware of the fact that if you've got a question or a comment, our uh, phone number is 920-885-4446. Also, we have a, uh, a brand new texting line uh, that is available. Uh, that uh, phone number is 920-887-9595. Now, if it's your first time texting us, and since this is brand new, it very, mel- uh, very well may be, um, please uh, keep in mind that uh, when you send your first text, you're going to get a um, uh, you're going to get a kickback of a uh, of a sign up sheet asking for your name, date of birth, and email address. Uh, there's a variety of reasons uh, for this. We're, we're not selling any uh, names or email addresses or any. We wouldn't even know how to do that. I think if uh, if we uh, if we could. Um, but it's it's just kind of a simple one step process, and then after that, every text that you send us uh, will uh, go directly to. Well, in this case, it'll go directly to me. I'm uh, I'm right here in uh, front of the uh, the screen that uh, receives those texts. So again, the texting line nine two zero eight eight seven nine five nine five. Our guests here are with the Houston Ford School District. Uh, Superintendent Heather Kramer, along with uh, School Board Treasurer Steve Weinheimer and uh, John Bohannock, the School Board President. We'll take a break and be back here in just a few minutes. Hey, hey, it's Stacey with Slumberland, Beaver Dam in Watertown. We've got our spring event running right now at Slumberland Furniture. You can get Lazy Boy chairs for as little as $498. You can get mattresses and box springs right now starting as low as $399. 
Stop in and save big with our power base sale at only $599. If you're looking for bedroom sets, we have headboard footboard combinations on sale for as little as $498. Stop in and save big with our spring spruce up event going on right now at Slumberland Furniture. Beaver Dam in Watertown. Heat, power, and water are things people cannot take for granted. The elderly, disabled, the veterans. With record increases in basic costs of living, people are struggling to keep these services on and their bills paid. If you are in danger of losing heat, power, or water, call 1-800-506-5596 or apply online at heat.help. You may not ask for it, but the Keep Wisconsin Warm Cool Fund and your local energy assistance providers are here to help. Make Daily Dodge TV your lucky charm this St. Patrick's. Tune in Sunday, March 12th at 1 p.m. for live coverage of the Fox Lake St. Patrick's Parade. Put on your green and sit back as we bring you all the sights and sounds of this fun annual event. The Fox Lake St. Patrick's Parade on Daily Dodge TV, Sunday, March 12th at 1 p.m. Presented by the Boathouse, Ergo Bank, Leroy Meats, and the shores of Fox Lake. 50 states and 50 reasons to make it an unforgettable evening at the Shower Arts Center. Letters from Home, the 50 states USO-style tour stops Tuesday, March 21st at the Shower Arts Center as a part of the Forte Bank Main Stage Series. This high-energy show honors veterans, active heroes, and their families whilst reminding us of the connections we share as Americans. Tickets for the 50 states tour are online at showercenter.org. Follow the tour's blog at lettersfromhomesingers.com. If you like rye bread, you're going to love what Village Hearth is baking now. Our three special rye recipes are the perfect start to deli favorites, like a hot and cheesy Reuben or a grilled ham and cheese sandwich. Whether you prefer yours with caraway seeds or without, or even a darker pumpernickel rye, all are high fructose corn syrup free and satisfyingly delicious. Bring out the flavor of all your sandwich favorites with Village Hearth rye breads. The perfect answer to what's for lunch? Village Hearth, baking our best for you. I'm not Irish, but I do love pretending to be Irish. What I do love is all the food that comes with St. Patrick's Day. But if you're going to pretend to be Irish, even for just a day, you can't afford to get it wrong. Good thing for you, there's Fox Brothers Piggly Wiggly in Beaver Dam. This week, Colorado Premium Corned Beef Points, $2.99 a pound, limit one. Green Cabbage, $0.49 a pound. Red Potatoes, a five-pound bag, $2.49. Fresh Rye Bread from the Fox Brothers Bakery, just $2.49. If you're looking to add a new twist, on St. Patrick's Day, why not pick up Fox Brothers Guinness Beer Brats $3.99 a pound and wash it all down with Guinness 8-pack or 12-pack beer $12.29 with your card. Go online at Fox Brothers Piggly Wiggly and find the latest weekly flyer full of savings and follow them on Facebook to learn about upcoming events. Shop local and save at Fox Brothers Piggly Wiggly in Beaver Dam online at foxbrospigglywiggly.com Piggly Wiggly Shop the big Is community safety important to you? Then there's only one choice for Supreme Court, Judge Janet Protasiewicz. For 25 years, Janet Protasiewicz worked as a prosecutor, fighting for victims of crime and locking up dangerous criminals to keep us safe. That's a real difference between her and extremist Dan Kelly. Did you know Dan Kelly got rich defending the scum of the earth? As a lawyer, Dan Kelly defended child sex predators who posed as ministers in order to prey on vulnerable young girls. Kelly's client. The time is 101 here at 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Let's go back to Craig Warmbold with community comment. 
And our guests are with the Houston Sports School District uh, with the school board, uh, board president John Bohannick and board treasurer Steve Weinheimer here alongside the superintendent of the Houston Sports School District, Heather Kramer, in talking about a uh, proposed facilities referendum uh, that is going to be appearing on the April ballot for voters in the Houston Sports School District seeking $19.5 million uh, for a facilities upgrade uh, that would essentially join the elementary and uh, middle school slash high school campuses together. Uh, well, buildings together. They're kind of on the same campus. I don't want to misspeak there on that. Uh, Houston Ford School District uh, encompasses what uh, area? Can you kind of give us the footprint of that? Sure. The, muni the municipalities that we uh, have residents in is Town of Clyman, Town of Houstonford, Town of Hubbard, Town of Rubicon, Village of Houstonford, and Town of Lebanon. Okay. And that's all or parts of some of those, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. All right. 920-885-4446 uh, is that uh, phone number. And uh, don't forget about that new texting line that we have as well, 920-887-9595. That's 887-9595. We do have a caller on the line, and uh, we will uh, go to the phones and say, good afternoon, welcome to Community Comment. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, I heard that you heard you say that you spent thirty thousand dollars in repairs just this school year to the HVAC system. Um, can you explain how that was paid for? And then, in addition, can you explain why you just can't simply budget for these items to be repaired, a roof to be repaired or replaced, or an HVAC system to be upgrade graded? Well, thank you for that call. Uh, absolutely. So the, the $30,000 does come out of our annual operating budget. So money is budgeted every year for different maintenance costs. Those costs have become increasingly more and more. Uh, we One of the short-term borrow loans that we do have out was a major expenditure on our HVAC system, really working to get things to the point where they were all operating. Uh, but these, these small fixes add up, you know, a coil that needs to be repaired in a classroom so that the heat can be increased in that room, valves that need to be replaced so that, you know, water shutoff can happen, uh, various boiler fixes, an air compressor fix for something that had failed. But all of those things come out of our general operating budget, uh, which our general operating budget in the school district is $6.7 million. Uh, so that's, that's what we operate on every single year. Uh, within that $6.7 million, um, we have a revenue limit that is uh, given to us by the state of Wisconsin. Um, and that revenue limit is uh, about $2.88 million. So we cannot levy more than that amount without going to the taxpayers. So, you know, the $6.7 million is what we have. You know, we have our fixed costs, our staffing costs, our, you know, our benefits for our staff, the maintenance costs that we have, curricular costs, and, and all of the upkeep for our buildings. So all of that has to come out of that, that operating budget. And when we have these bigger costs that continue to come in, you know, it becomes more of a challenge. And if we're looking, you know, at a roof anywhere, you know, maybe in that $800,000 range, we're not exactly sure where that roof would come in. You know, that that's a big ask out of our general operating budget, and that's a real challenge to take that out of the budget, because if we take that amount out of that budget, you know, what else are we going to have to cut to get that amount out of our budget? So fund balance, how does that look? 
So our fund balance is very healthy. Um, our fund balance is currently at about 26%, uh, and that covers three different accounts that are in the district. But we, you know, the district can only use fund balance within certain accounts. Uh, it's well within our policy limits of where our fund balance is. The piece of that is, is a fund balance isn't a savings account. That's our day-to-day -day operational money. Uh, so currently our district is in great financial status and we don't have to short-term borrow to ever make payroll or do those things. If we were to dip into that fund balance, um, which we definitely as a board could do, we may face then that short-term borrowing may need to occur, you know, in order to meet some of those day-to-day -day needs because how money comes into a district with tax payments and things like that is very different than your weekly paychecks. In my covering of school boards over the years, I know some school districts rely on short-term borrowing to get them through those summer months up into when the, the mm -hmm. state pays. Uh, in that there that comes with interest costs and things like so you guys do do short-term no. you don't you don't have any short-term we have borrowed. not short-term borrowed okay. for the past at least eight years okay we have in the past um there's times where our fund balance did get taken down pretty bit and we've had to borrow over eight hundred thousand dollars just to get through the rest of the year until all of our funding came in okay 920-885-4446 the phone number 920-887-9595 the texting line uh, we'll go back to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Uh, <clears throat> I would like to uh, uh, have them address the fact that the state law allows only a 2% increase in revenue from one year to the next. And anything um, that comes into play that's not budgeted, say, uh, major major fixed problems or whatever federal mandates come first so they have to take it out of um the maybe the maintenance uh budget instead of uh you know by federal mandates uh i.e special education we get a couple more kids come to school and the state only picks up 28 percent the school has to pick up the rest yeah, absolutely. So there are many things that we have to prioritize within the budget, but, you know, that example um, that, that you just provided, you know, is a perfect example of when we have those unforeseen expenditures that come in and our budget may not have those in them, definitely cuts are made in different areas, and that's something that the board has to do. You know, we, we look at that, you know, at our finance committee meetings and then as a school board and really have to prioritize to make sure that student needs are met first. Uh, that has been a priority of the board uh, for as long as I've been with the board and with the district and remains our top priority is our students are always first. And, you know, when, when some of those federal pieces come in, you know, we definitely have to have, you know, to provide for that. Um, but, but it's other things as well, you know, just unforeseen circumstances that arise and you know it may be the maintenance costs um, but then where, where do you cut to make that happen so that prioritization happens on a regular basis throughout our budget thank you very much for that call we do appreciate it got another caller hanging on the line we'll go back to the phones and say good afternoon welcome to community comment hi you're on the air hi my name is danielle lenhart and i'd just like to make a comment about this referendum is very passionate to myself and my family. Um, my story starts with my grandfather graduating from the Houstonsburg School District in 1939 with 11 students that were lucky enough to graduate back in that time frame. 
my father, Mr. Ballman, was a teacher for the school district for 35 years. Um, to see the science rooms in the disrepair that they are in going through the tour of our schools, it's just heartbreaking that this is what our children are dealing with. The buildings are outdated, 40, 50 years old. Budgeting at this point isn't going to fix any of that. We are a village of Husesford. It takes a village to raise a child, and it is time for this community to stand up and say yes, because our children, our school teachers, deserve better in our quaint small town. I encourage everybody in Houstonford to attend that last tour on Saturday to see what those children and staff members have to work with. Thank you so much for your time. Goodbye. Thank you for the call. Uh... 920-885-4446, uh, that phone number if you've got a, a question or a comment. Do you want to uh, speak to that last caller? Uh, you know, I, I think that that's the sense of community pride that runs through Houstonsford is, is something very special and unique. Um, you know, whether it's a Friday night football game or a Friday night in the middle of winter when, you know, roads are bad and it's cold outside, you will find that our stands are packed. Whether it's a Christmas concert, a band concert, um, you know, an FFA event, our stands are packed. Our parents are there, our community members are there, and I will say that <laughs> Falcon Pride runs really deep <laughs> in Houstonsford, and it's something that we all have to be proud of. And, you know, sitting here um, with, with these two men, they, they will say the exact same thing. Um, you know, we, we we look at our logo um, for this and it's you know one school one community our future and that's that's exactly how we think of this and you know what 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 Danny said is really important our kids deserve better um, we've done what we can to maintain our facilities and now is the time that we're asking for help and again that uh, open house at the high school and elementary school is on March 25th 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. and that also includes a tour then Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, Community Coffee, 10 a.m. next Tuesday at uh, Mocha Vino in Houstonsford. Uh, one of the callers spoke to uh, the, um, the, the special education uh, component of a, of a budget. I've had, it, it seems like the last several uh, superintendents and school boards that I've had in here talking about uh, school funding referenda, whether it be operational or uh, whether it be facilities, uh, have, have kind of commented on that special education component. Uh, as being something that's really kind of hit them pretty hard, budgetarily speaking. Uh, is, this, uh, is this something that uh, the Houstonsford School District is, is experiencing? Yes. Um, you know, the, the amount of money that we have to take out of Fund 10 to pay back um, every year has been increasing. The number of special ed students that we are seeing within the district is increasing. Um, you know, to me, that's something challenging uh, to talk about because, you know, we really take the focus of educating every child and meeting every child's needs. And you really hate to, to you know, quantify that with a number. Um, but yes, that's definitely something that, you know, we are hoping to see, you know, in the next budget that we'll see an increase in funding for special education and, and help bring that up a little bit to help out every district within the state of Wisconsin. Talked a little bit earlier about uh, Kramer Brothers and some of the um, some of the corporate entities uh, that are, I imagine, like engineers and 
and those that would be drawing up blueprints. Uh, can you give us some insight into the costs that are associated with that part of the process? Sure. Uh, Kramer Brothers, right now, pre-referendum, there's no cost. Uh, if the project passes, their percentage for the has been contracted between 1.9 and 2.9 percent, and currently the proposed scope of this project would be at a 2.5 percent cost. And then HSR had an initial $6,500 fee uh, pre-referendum, and then if the referendum question passes, the money will be credited back to the district. Uh, the fee for HSR is 5.6%. A uh, reminder about our texting line. It's 920-887-9595. If you've never used it before, there'll be a quick kickback asking you for name, uh, phone number. Oh, no, it knows your phone number already. Uh, the name, uh, the email address, and uh, your date of birth. Uh, we do occasionally have giveaways here on the radio. We want to make sure they're uh, age appropriate. Uh, some uh, simple questions will get you through that uh, first stage, and then we'll get all those texts directly, including the one from uh, Kayla, who is asking, what happens if this does not pass? Will the schools in the Houstonford School District close? Uh, does Houstonford take on those new schools' taxes then? Um, no, the school district will not close. Financially, we're in a good spot right now. What will happen is we'll continue to operate as usual. Um, my intent would be to get the citizens back together that has spent the last five, six months t uh, trying to figure out which direction we're going to go and sit them down, what's our next step. Um, as was discussed earlier, we do have a uh, amount of money that we could borrow without going to referendum. I don't want to do that. I, I look at that as an emergency only. Um, I'm not going to do it to, to put something in to spite the public or anything like that. I, I don't operate that way. Um, we'll continue to operate as usual, and hopefully something else will happen down the road. Um, but you'll s continue to see our facilities downgrading, and while some families have moved out uh, to neighboring districts that have new facilities, um, how can you ask a teacher to stick around when she can't even teach the class like our science labs the way she's in, was trained to do. You know, how can you ask staff to stick around? We've got amazing staff, we wanna keep. Do you uh, foresee if the referendum were uh, to not pass, um, then addressing these issues with the roof and the boiler in a kind of a piecemeal approach then? We will sit down with um, uh, Bassett Mechanicals, they're, they're the company that we hire to take care of them and we'll start looking at what are our priorities what has to be done right now and what are some of the things that we can push off a little bit and and if if the amount is above what we have in our operating budget then we'll have to seriously look at that it, it would it, do you think it would be a band-aid approach to to some of those issues that you're having with HVAC and stuff? A absolutely, because the part the, the equipment is so outdated. Like Heather said earlier, um, they're going out on eBay to try to find parts because the normal supply chains don't have them. Okay. No, I, can I jump in, Craig? I'm sorry. Absolutely. All right. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt. No. You know, a, another question that was asked with that text from Kayla that came in was. You know, would if if something were to happen with the district, do the taxes just go away? The answer to that is no. Uh, so there's there's nowhere where you get to go and not have school taxes. Uh, so we have had that question come up multiple times. Of well, if what happens if we join with another district? Well, then we pay that those 
district school taxes. So that that's a question that has come up and that's something that we want to address, you know. But I really think, you know, that our, our focus has been and our focus needs to continue to be that, you know, we want to upgrade our facilities, we want a healthy school community because it's just going to benefit our whole community. You know, we have we have that new school building, we have um, those upgraded facilities and we're going to see that community flourish as well. And I think that that has been shown in some of the neighboring districts. Um, you know, this started way back uh, this summer when I attended uh, the Path of Houstisford um, event that was held and when the hundred plus people that sat there and gave up their entire weekend to really take a look at what the village of Houstisford and the surrounding areas has to offer. One of the number one things that came up with every single one of them was we need to do something to improve our schools. And we really, really, really took that to heart. And that's when we started moving forward, you know, more quickly with this and really, really got serious about, all right, what are we gonna do next? We listened to what the community said, and this is this is what they have brought forward to us and what we have moving forward. I've, I've been on the board for 17 years, and it has never been a discussion as to let's look at consolidating or let's look at closing the buildings. We have never, ever discussed that. Um, the community uses our buildings in the evenings uh, for their different events. Um, we one of the things about fixing the roof and, and adding on to the building is this is an old building. It's a berm type building, um, probably energy efficient back in the day. Today it's, it's, it's outdated obviously. But we have, we have mold issues in some areas. Uh, we've had to take a, a whole bunch of uh, drywall down in one section because we had mold issues. And that's not healthy for the kids. 920-885-4446, uh, the phone number, 920-887-9595, the texting line. Let's go to the phones and say uh, good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hi, you're good on afternoon. the air. Yeah. Am I on? Yep, you're on the air. Oh, thank you. Uh, this issue is becoming a divisive issue within the community. Uh, we should not um, be wanting to put half the community mad against the other half regardless of which way the referendum goes, whether it passes or whether it fails. We don't want half the community mad at the other half. It's not good for the community. Now, with that being said, uh, the $19.5 million referendum, over a period of 20 years, it's going to be $32 million with the interest. Now, of that $19.5 million, 43% goes to combining the school buildings. Um, that's uh, it's an apples and oranges referendum. The one part is the maintenance that is required. This is our building. It needs maintenance. We want to keep it up to date. We want uh, at best a good learning opportunity for our children. But with that being said, you know, do we need to spend over a little over eight million dollars on uh, the addition and combining the schools? Thank you. Caller, can I can I ask you to clarify? I, I'm not sure if I misheard you. Did you say that over two years, the $19.5 million referendum would... No, 30 to, uh, over 20 years. Over 20, 20 years. years, okay. okay. Yeah, it's, it's basic. It's, a, it's, uh, it's more or less, you know, it's not exact, of course. Sure. You know, you just plug in um, your $19.5 million at 5.5% interest over 20 years, and that's what it comes out to. And, now, and, there's, uh, the budgeting is very complex. I understand that. You know, there's Fund 10, there's Fund 39. State budgeting, it's, it's a complicated subject, I agree. 
Yeah. And, and did you say something about the, the square footage then, if I understood you correctly? Uh, the square footage, okay, uh, from, of the elementary school now is, uh, I believe, 32,000 square feet. Uh, the addition would be uh, to the, if they combined the schools, would be 20, approximately 23,000 square feet. Okay. All right. And uh, do you guys want to speak to that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll speak to the addition part, and then I think John has something else to say. But the addition part, you know, there are, there are factors of why that addition would be smaller. You know, combining into one building, the, the efficiencies that would we have of one cafeteria, so we don't need to duplicate that space, don't need to duplicate office space or facility workspace uh, for employees. Uh, we have a music room that we'd be sharing between the entire building, an art room that we'd be sharing. The library would become a shared space between the entire building. So when we take all of those spaces out, uh, that is why we came to that addition of about that 22,000 square feet. Yeah, um, the other thing about dividing the community, um, that, that was never our intent, but I also realized that whenever you're going to a referendum or coming up with stuff like this, you're gonna have people for it, you're gonna have people against it, and they all have their, their reasons why, and that's, that's their choice. What we've done this time is we've gone, th well, let me back up. We came to a referendum, operational referendum, I'm sorry, a building referendum to you back in 2016, 2017 for the elementary school for five and a half million dollars. That would have taken care of the secure entrance, it would have taken care of the HVAC system, it would have added a new gymnasium, and it would have added three classrooms. The estimates that we have for fixing that building now is just over nine million dollars it does not add three classrooms, and it does not add the gymnasium. So the costs have gone up significantly just in the last five years. Um, we went through, and that was the board coming to the community saying this is what we want to do. Uh, we've taken a completely different approach this time. We've had the community involved. Uh, the community came to the board and, and said what they wanted for their school district and after inviting the community in for seven meetings, for me as a board member to turn around and say, no, we're going to do this instead because it's cheaper, uh, I might as well just leave town. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, that call. We do appreciate it. The, um, the, the square footage component, uh, what would the reduction in square footage look like? Uh, do you have those numbers available? Or the, would there, there would be a change, there would be a smaller amount of, of space? Yeah, yeah, and I don't have the exact square footage of the elementary in front of me. Um, but we'd also be utilizing space within that middle school, high school building that is currently there okay. to restructure into those pods. So it's, it's not all necessarily just elementary space that's being added on with that restructuring. The amount of square footage is just under the 22,000 or foot mark, and then that includes that gymnasium as well, which is a bigger gymnasium than we currently have uh, at John Hustis. At John Hustis right now, our current gymnasium is very tiny. Um, it's very functional for everyday FIAD classes for you know our students at John Hustis, but it can't be used for additional games and things like that. So that becomes a challenge with scheduling, uh, with sporting events for middle school, high school kids, um, and that, that, is, that has caused us some issues. So this gym here would give us facilities that we could have games at. We'd you know, be using that capacity as well for the community members um, you know, and having that extra gym space as well. So. 
if the referendum were approved next month, what would happen to the old building? Um, that has not been completely decided yet. Uh, we have plenty of time to figure that out. The, uh, the referendum question has language in there that does allow us to uh, use some of the referendum money to um, take the building down. There has been some discussion uh, tear the building down. There has been discussion about selling it and turn it into a senior center or a daycare center. Um, the school district, and, and this is a board decision, but my personal opinion is we need to get rid of the building one way or another. We do not want to keep it as a school district because you still have those maintenance items there. So the, the, if the referendum passes, the new building is scheduled to be completed by the end of 2025. So the kids will still be using JHE until the end of 2025, probably won't move into high school until early 26 or the 27th school year. So we've got plenty of time to figure that out. 920-885-4446 is that uh, phone number. We should be able to squeeze a phone call in before the break here. Uh, we'll go to the phones uh, and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. I called in before, and like a bad penny, I could just keep showing up. <laughs> uh, we'd like to address the tax impact also. Uh, the tax impact was anywhere from $3.57 per thousand up to $4.19 per thousand. We can't pin it down exactly right now. So let's use a $4.00 per thousand impact on uh, uh, the mill rate. Okay, that's to so a $250,000 house that's gonna add $1,000 in taxes. Now, also look at the industry that is affected by this. Uh, Pivot Point and Rural Air, very competitive business. Uh, they're in a very competitive market. Uh, can you imagine what this is gonna do to their uh, tax base? You guys uh, want to speak? What what the three fifty seven number is that? Yeah, um, the three fifty seven is the financing option that the district has chosen. Um, that is a twenty year bond um, that the district has chosen to utilize. Um, so it will that is will not be above that um, per one thousand. So that that is the mill rate that we are sticking with. So four four nine I believe you said four nineteen that is that's not anything that you guys have. Uh, so we were given three different financing options as far as bonding uh, by Baird Financial, who is the financial um, experts that we work with, and at one point um, the three different bonding options that were given to us had different mill rate impacts, and this is the mill rate impact that the board has chosen to go with. Okay. There was also a lot of discussion during that planning process when you had a conceptual design come to us. There was different prices. You had a range of what it would cost to do that. You had a low range, you had a high range, and then kind of in the middle. So this building concept, the high range was, was over $22 million. Uh, we made some changes to the con conceptual drawings and we narrowed it down to 19 and a half. So, um, if it would have been the $22 million, the mill rate definitely would have been higher. Thank you very much for that uh, that call. Our guests here are with the Houston Ford School District. Uh, we've got Superintendent Heather Kramer here, along with board members John Bohannick and uh, Steve Weinheimer. A reminder that there is an open house at the high school and elementary school on March 25th from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., a chance to walk through the facility. Also next Tuesday at uh, Mocha Vino in Houstisford, uh, there is that uh, community coffee opportunity with our guests here. We do have to take a break. We'll be back here in just a few minutes.
132 here at 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. Let's return to Community Comment with Craig Warmbold. And our guests are with the Houston's Ford School District with School Board John Bohannick and Steve Weinheimer, Superintendent Heather Kramer in the studio with us as well. Uh, that uh, phone number, if you want to get a question in before we wrap up the show, 920-885-4446. And don't forget about the new texting line as well, 920-887-9595. And talking about the $19.5 million referendum, a facilities referendum, uh, that voters in the Houston School District will see on the April ballot. Uh, that $19.5 million, uh, for those uh, listeners just joining us, can you can you break down the, uh, the, the costs on that and what, what goes to where? Yeah, so I'd be happy to. 43% of it is going towards additions, roughly 22,000 square feet. Uh, it's going to include the mechanical, electrical, plumbing, uh, the roofing, and then educational space as well as the gymnasium. We're going to have 33% in ref, uh, renovations, which is about 36,000 square feet. Uh, that's updating kind of the existing structure to bring it in line to where it needs with ADA compliance and other uh, code. As we open that stuff up, uh, we lose our grandfather clause with some of this stuff, so we need to bring our facilities in line with current code. And then there's a 10% contingency buffer just for those unknowns that you run into within a project, whether it be increases or, ooh, this is something new. Uh, everybody has that. 8% for the roof, which will be a full replacement of it. And then adding gutters and everything to control the water flow off of it. And then 6% for site prep, uh, new playground, new bus drop off, drop off and pick up. And then uh, reworking the front parking lots for the parent drop off. And then of course adding parking. 920-885-4446, that phone number. We'll go back to the phones and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hello. Um, if you did any uh, remodeling to the security of either building, would uh, ADA uh, come into play here? In other words, um, if I'm not mistaken, anytime you do any remodeling, you got to upgrade all your ADA compliance stuff. And I know both schools do not have that. Yeah, so Steve just referenced that a little bit, but sure, anytime that we tear into those buildings to start with remodeling, there's a percentage that if we hit uh, that percentage that we'd then have to look at those compliance pieces, um, and many of those things would come into play. We do have, we did have to install an ADA compliant bathroom at the high school, uh, and that was about $40,000 that we uh, had to use to get that bathroom installed. Um, but at John Hustis, that has not been the case, um, and for much of the existing building at the junior senior high. So yes, that is very true. Of once once we tear into those buildings, um, our codes become standard for what codes are now not for what the codes were when they were first built. Thank you very much for that call. Sure do appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Got another caller hanging on the line, but before we go to that other caller, I uh, just want to ask you real quick about community usage. Is, is does, does the community use the Houstonsford campus much? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, there's pretty much not a night of the week where there's not people within the facility. Uh, we have a fitness facility that people can definitely use. People use the hallways to walk. Uh, after school hours. We have a community dance program that uses the facility multiple nights a week. Uh, we have a basketball league that uses the facility. Our Mississippi Rec program, which is youth basketball programs, um, youth, you know, 
softball, t-ball, baseball types of programs, those, those things are all housed within there. Uh, we have different community events through our community education program. Uh, meetings that are hosted within the school building it definitely is a hub of the community um, really you know it, it's inside and out um, you go past at any given time and kids are on the playground playing with their families people are walking on the facilities uh, we have disc golf uh, people are out disc golfing all the time uh, so there's sledding <laughs> yeah we have a sledding hill onto the football field so all of those different pieces um, are used nonstop. people just walk through the facilities to kind of connect you from one side to the next to make their loop to take their walks at night so at any given time you will see people walking the grounds you will be see people within the buildings you know no matter if it's nighttime um, or or weekends all right, uh, 920-885-4446. Got a couple, call, uh, couple callers hanging on the line here. Uh, we'll go back to uh, the phones and say, good afternoon, welcome to Community Comment. Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Yeah. They say that there are three things that are constant in life. Uh, death, taxes, and things will change. <laughs> now, of the three, the first one, eh, hey, we can do a little bit of that, but not much. <laughs> the second one, taxes, yeah, they will change. In fact, if you look at the history, and you've been talking about that, our taxes have been reasonable. We've kept them down in terms of the school tax because we have not really kept up with and We've had good, fa or good staff to keep the things going as they have. But uh, we're now in a position where uh, we need to do something. The one that I really like to address would be change. We are at the crossroads that we can, to some degree at least, uh, dictate how that change is going to take place. We can change it for the better by voting yes. We can carry on a tradition. Houston sport is rich, rich, not only in the uh, community and its location, but the people who populated it. And we can change we could at least help change it for the better by voting yes. Voting no, uh, we kind of lose our identity to some degree because the school, in many, many, many ways, uh, is our destiny, or is our, our identification. We are the Houston Force Falcons, and we have been for a long time. And we'd like to continue that, if at all possible. Vote yes for that referendum. Thank you. Thank you very much for that call. You guys want to speak to that caller before we take the next one? I, I think he said it all. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll go back to the uh, the other phone line. A reminder, our texting uh, line is available as well, 920-885-4... Nope, 920-887-9595. We'll go back to the uh, the phone, which is 920 Five forty-four forty-six, and say good afternoon. Welcome to Community Comment. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, I would just like to respond to Mr. Stern, who was on earlier um, talking about misinformation about the tax rate. Um, I would just like to ask him, when is the right time? He's been a long-term resident of this community. Um, the time is now. Our facility projects and safety and security has been discussed since 2016 in that failed referendum. We talked about it again as a Citizens Advisory Committee in 2019. Unfortunately, COVID put that um, at a pause, 
And here we are seven years later, and we are talking about it again. And all this community has done has talk about it. Now is the time to act. If you really care about this community, you will see this as a long-term investment. And now is the time to invest in our children, in our future leaders, in our community. I realize he believes that the community hall is the gem of this community, and I don't disagree with that. But I would love to have our school district be an additional gem of our community. And when he talks about Pivot Point or the other industrial businesses or retail businesses in our community being affected by this, they're going to only be positively impacted by this. As someone who hires for a living, those businesses are going to be thrilled that we have an outstanding school because that's going to bring people to our community and it's going to bring um, workers to their businesses. So he's looking at it in the wrong light. Our community needs to see this as an investment and I ask that everyone please see it that way and vote yes. Thank you very much for that call. Sure do appreciate it. 920-885-4446. Last check of the, uh, the texting line here. Uh, nothing new, but it's uh, 887-9595. Where does the Houstonford School District uh, stack up um, alongside other districts as it relates to your mill rate? Yeah, so we currently are the lowest in the area. Um, we, we are sitting at $6.53 for our mill rate this year. State average sits at about $7.70, so you know we're significantly below that as well. Uh, really, you know, area school districts, um, you know, that, that are, are close to us, you know, we're a decent amount below them, um, definitely have been fiscally responsible, definitely have worked to keep our taxes lower. Um, but again, uh, we are just at that crucial point of where we have to do something for our schools and understanding that we are in a great spot where we're at for our mill rate right now. Um, this is a crucial time for us. Uh, we can invest in our schools, which ultimately, um, just as the last caller says, invests in our community. And I think that that's a really critical piece. So, you know, we're, we're below the state average right now. And yes, this would take us above that state average. And yes, we understand that there is a tax Im implication to all of our residents. Um, but again, we've heard several people say it, if not now, when? And we've looked at it in the past, um, and we are looking to the future of Houstonford Public Schools. If the uh, referendum in the Houstonford School District uh, seeking that $19.5 million were to be approved on the April ballot, what does that timeline look like? What happens next? We would meet, meet with our contractors and architect and start the design phase. We have conceptual drawings now, but then we would take the time to start putting the science labs wherever and, and get all the classrooms set up. That de design phase is going to go till, um, till about February of 24. Once the design is done and approved, we'll put it out on bids. Um, when the bids come in, we're hoping for construction to start in April of 24. Um, construction can happen during school on the exterior parts of the buildings, on the parts that are being added to the extra classrooms, the, the gymnasium. Um, everything within the school is going to have to be phased in um, during the summer, during uh, uh, different breaks, um, but we're hoping for um, completion by December of 2025. All right. 
We've uh, covered a lot of ground on the uh, the program today, almost close to the top of the two o'clock hour here. Do want to ask you guys before we let you go, uh, with uh, considering the fact that we have touched on a lot of points, uh, Heather, uh, as superintendent of the school district uh, in Houstonford, what do you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? You know, we're 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 not. We our goal as a district has been that we get all the facts out to the community members. Uh, we want to get them all of the information that we can. All of that information is available on our website. The biggest piece of that is is we want every single resident who goes to the polls on April fourth to be informed. Uh, we want them to make the vote based on the needs of their family and on their situation, but we want them to go. Um, and be informed. That's that's what that's my job. That's what I can ask for. Why do we have to do this now? We have to do this now because it meets the current and future needs of our students. Uh, when we look at our our logo that we created again, you know, the one school, one community, our future. It's taking, you know, Falcons into the future. Um, through one school and really this is something that should be pulling our community together the community prioritized the needs we involved the community since day one we've asked the community for their input they're the ones that provided the information to the school board and what we want to do now um, is, is is build for the future of our community so um, all I can ask is please go out and vote on April 4th. Uh, make your informed vote as a taxpayer um, within the Houstonford School District that best meets the needs of your household um, and, and move our district forward. Steve, what do you want our, uh, our listeners to, uh, to get from this conversation? Again, just echoing, be informed when you make that vote. Um, it's an investment in the community, uh, not just an expense. Um, kids are our future and you know there's never going to be a perfect time for an extra expense but at the same time these costs aren't getting cheaper either. Our needs are not getting less. Uh, so I think now is the time uh, and I hope that when you go make the vote that you make it in the best interest of yourself and the community. John, we'll give you the final word today. I moved into the district in 93. Um, I did some coaching girls softball. I've coached plenty of summer rec girls softball, boys little league baseball. Um, all of my kids went through school here in Houstonford. I no longer have kids in school. Um, they moved out of the out of the area for multiple different reasons. Um, I'm invested in this district whether I grew up here or not. Um, I, I want a school that thrives in the community. I want uh, the kids to be proud of a building when they walk in that door. And this is one way to do that. Well, thank you guys very much for joining me today. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. A reminder, the uh, open house, uh, you can uh, tour the uh, middle school, high school, and elementary buildings, those two buildings on March 25th. That is a Saturday. Final Saturday in the month of March, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. is the hours for that. If you've got some uh, some questions for our uh, our guests here today, other school officials are going to be having coffee at the uh, Mocha Vino in Houstonford. 
I'm pronouncing it right, right? Yep. It's mocha vino. Everybody knows where that is in Absolutely. the Houston Fruit School. Yes. What about those coming from Climbin? Are they going to know where that is? You can't miss it. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, that's going to be next Tuesday at 10 a.m. I want to thank our guests once again uh, with the uh, Houston Forward School Board, John Bohannock and Steve Weinheimer, and Superintendent Heather Kramer. That is going to do it for today's community comment.